What's good, everybody? Welcome to August 16th, Friday, and it's Frandria Friday, which means I'm Fran, and this is Andrea Renee. How's it going, Andrea? Oh, Fran, it's Friday. I'm it feeling great. Friday, as you put it in our text chat. That's right. Everybody says Friday now. It's just the thing. And all I can ever think of is Froyo. I don't know why, hmm. but anyway, we are capping off the week, just so you know, with a little bit of Xbox Scarlet hype news, a little more details that came out of E3 in a GameSpot interview. Anthem's lead producer is taking off, going somewhere else. We got some other good stuff like NPD numbers, but more on the news in a second. Of course, if you don't know, this is kind of funny, Games Daily. I haven't been on the show in a while, so we'll see how I do with this. But this is kind of funny, Games Daily. Just throwing Fran into the fire. I was like, I've hosted enough this week. It's Fran's turn. Yeah, yeah, no, I I love doing it. So (laughs) it's funny. I just jinxed myself, everyone. Anyway, you know it's kind of funny, Games Daily at 10 a.m. live every day of the week. You can find us here on Twitch TV slash Kind of Funny Games. Many of you don't watch live, though, and that's quite all right. You can also find us on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games games so pretty easy to find those in both places or on podcast services around the, the globe. globe or All even on roosterteeth.com there you go exactly it's true you can also be a part of the show and uh, we would really encourage you to do that we always love to have you be a part of it you can head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games bronze members and above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free all right, a little bit of housekeeping this week. If you don't know already, Tim and Greg and Andy are up at the Canadian National Exhibition in Toronto right now. Uh, and so that's all weekend, Friday through Sunday. You can head over to kindoffunny.com slash events for, for, for more info. But I understand there's a couple panels today, a couple tomorrow. Barrett, what's the rough story there? I don't know. They're hosting some panels. They're gonna that's have it. Fun. So um, third- one Greg Miller at Game Over Greggy on Twitter tweeted this morning. And Is that exactly a reputable 39 source? Minutes ago. Well, he's verified, so <laughs> take right. that with a grain of salt. Okay. He says, let's get it, Toronto, today at the Let's Go to the EX and see me chop it up with Cappy Nathan. Of course, he's talking about Nathan Vella from Cappy Games. About making video games at 2 p.m. Tim Geddes and Maximum Cortez and Greg will embarrass themselves in a party mode live at 4 p.m. And he's going to shove various fried foods into his mouth at various times, which I'm sure you'll be able to see on his it's just Instagram just another stories. Friday, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, and then either tomorrow or Sunday, they're doing a panel of the top 10 video games from Canada, which I think will be fun. Top 10 video games yeah. developed just in Canada? Just make sure you're following yeah. Greg. He'll tweet okay. it all. I like that. Mass Effect. Uh, you can uh, get more info at kindoffunny.com slash events. All right. So, yeah, head over there for more information. I don't know if any of that stuff is streaming live anywhere, but, uh, you know, poke around and, I don't and let us know. I believe so. Yeah. Otherwise, you got to be in Toronto and go say hello for us. Thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Muhammad. Muhammad, thank you so much for supporting us. And today, also our supporters, were brought to you by Quip and Experian, but I'll tell you a little more about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. Thank you, Chris Roper. We have like four stories today. A baker's dozen. You yes. like the like four stories? Yeah. I forgot to put the number in. But it is. I think it's four. Let me count really quick. One. Oh, here we go. The cleric. Two, the cleric's at work. Three. A four. four. There's four. A, a baker's four. dozen. Thanks, Barrett. I thought of yeah, the, no um, the counting Tootsie Roll Pop Owl. A one. A two. Oh, dude. I loved Tootsie Pops when I was three. a kid. Anyway. But I only actually liked the Tootsie flavored one. Mm, yeah, I think that commercial was like from the 70s, but they would replay it, you know, as I was a child. And it was like all, it was a very old commercial, meaning I'm not that old when it was. You're not that old. But close. All right, let's start with the first big story. Xbox 
Phil Harrison himself, the Xbox lead, is saying next-gen Scarlet will focus on more than just being pretty. It's about frame rates. It's about load times. GameSpot has a series of interview breakouts that they did that was a bunch of stuff that they got out of E3. So really encourage you, head over there. Um, it's some required reading in general, but we're going to go through the big stuff as it pertains to Scarlet, a little bit of xCloud. So let's start off the top here. Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, told GameSpot in an exclusive, in-depth interview following E3, making sure that games uh, will run smoothly and load quickly will be a major focal point in the next gen. So here's what Phil Spencer said. I think the area that we really want to focus on next generation is frame rate and playability of the games. Ensuring that the games load incredibly fast, ensuring that the game is running at the highest frame rate possible. We're also the Windows company, so we see the work that goes on for PC and the work that developers are doing. People love 60 frames per second games. So getting games to run at 4K, 60 frames per second, I think will be a real design goal for us. Um, Let's pause on that quote for a second uh any surprises how do you feel about this i mean there is a lot of commentary on it being a focus and i think it's been a big question of mine personally are they going to try to push developers to get to 60 or enforce it no of course not they won't it's always it's always going to be up to the developer because not every game needs to be 4k 60 frames per second i agree and i think there's some games that would would you know, it would be to their detriment if they were forced into this situation where they have to perform at a specific frame rate. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, look at the Nintendo Switch and how successful they are. We're going to talk about it in the NPD numbers in just a little bit. Like, they don't do 4K 60 frames per second, and they have millions of fans around the world. Can't even do I, TurboTax. Still a problem. It's true. <laughs> I think setting it as a goal to, to encourage developers to reach for those Benchmarks is absolutely the right thing to do. If you're going to be making new hardware, it's got to be better than the hardware you currently have. And Xbox One X is already doing 4K 60 frames per second with specific games. Yeah, I mean. So I think that that's fine. Cool. Good. Yep. Yeah, I paused on the topic because I'm personally passionate about it, as many of you know, uh, as much as I get labeled the PC guy. It's funny yeah. because I- I've been an all-console guy in general uh, as as time has passed, but Nintendo, very long time, but I've always had a PC in the background, and um, even when I was like covering Nintendo 64, the frame rate was always focused. There was a lot of games that ran 20 to 30, but the ones that hit 30 were like, oh, thank goodness. And it, it does make a difference, so I'm passionate. But what I would say is, one, I agree with what you said uh, as much as I look at a game like God of War, and I personally um, would make it, if I was in charge, I'd say it's a mandate. You need to support 60 frames a second as an option. I know you want to give this other cinematic, op- cinematic option, but as an action game, I'm the head of the studio. I'm requiring it. I would love to see stuff like that, but... I also understand that if Corey and team are like, no, artistically, we just totally disagree with you and we're not going to do that. And it, it would create some some rifts there. There is a preference. So I understand that. But I do think there's a lot of games that strive for too much technology, for lack of a better way to put it, especially when you get new next gen stuff. You just start piling on. It's new hardware. Um, and you're getting used to stuff. And the next thing you know, it doesn't run at 60. It runs at 40. And so you just lock it at 30. And, and I would hate to see too many games doing that when they should be pushing the other direction. So that's how I feel about that. Thanks. Rant over. Uh, so the other part of the quote that he said here was a little more about the resolution, right? I'm just talking 1080p 60, 4K, not even that. I would love to see it. But anyway, continuing with the news part here, uh, Phil said, the thing that's interesting is this generation, we've really focused on 4K visuals and how we bring both movies through 4K Blu-ray and video streaming. And with Xbox One X, allowing games to run at 4K visuals will really 
will make really strong visual enhancements next generation. But playability is probably the bigger focus for us this generation. How fast do games load? Do I feel like I can get into the game as fast as possible while it's playing? How does it feel? Does this game look and feel like no other game that I've seen? That's our target. Um, so it was both in terms of the load times and just really high fidelity. And we know that PlayStation was the first out of the woodwork that said, no, we're going to blow your mind with our SSD drives in um you know, solid state drives in PlayStation 5, and we know Xbox has seemingly the same focus. So that's not really news, but it's nice to hear again, right? Any thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, man. Yeah, you didn't. He's not, this is, so far, this has, like, been a, like, a cool story, bro article. It's like a paragraph based on some info we already had. This, yeah. to me, this, is, like this to me is, like, expounding. the minimum that they should be shooting for, right? Like, yeah. they, they came out the gate, Xbox did, with that video saying, this is what we're working on for the next generation. It's going to be super powerful and super fast, and we're working with super cool devs, and Xbox is going to be awesome. And I'm like, yes, that sounds great. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's just a little more flavor text, but mm-hmm. as little information we have on Scarlet and Next Gen, I'll take all of it. And, you know, I would add one more phrase to your repertoire, Phil. What's the smell? If you watch Gamescast, you'll know what I'm referring to. So what's the smell of the game? Very important, perhaps more important than anything else out there. Hmm. Uh, I'll have to go back and find out what episodes I've said that in, but uh, it was Red Dead was one of them. I'll have to go find it, but it's kind of caught on. All right, uh, backwards compatibility and cross-gen play is also a topic that was brought up. So uh, Xbox wants to ensure that players still have access to all of their older games, as they move into a new generation of consoles. So here's what Phil said. We really like the reception. Uh, wait, yeah. We really like the reception and the use that we've seen through the Xbox One backwards compatibility program. Making sure that all four generations of content, so the original Xbox games that run on your Xbox One today, the OG Xbox, the 360 games that run on your Xbox One, your Xbox One games, and the new generation games all run on the next platform that is important to us. We want to respect the games that you've bought from us. We want to make sure that the generations can play with each other. So if you happen to adopt the next generation early and somebody stays back, that if their games are on both platforms, you'll be able to cross-gen play, which I... Now that deserves yes. a round That's, of applause. All right, Andrew is finally impressed, Round everybody. of applause. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Xbox made that a focus with the Xbox One this generation, as you just read. And I'm excited to hear that they are going to stay focused on that commitment into the next generation and saying, you know what? We've already done all this legwork to make these games backwards compatible. Let's just keep it going. Yeah. And I think that's a real commitment to the consumer to say, hey, we respect the value of the dollar that you earn. And we want to make sure that the game that you bought here, we can play over here. Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel left behind. You don't feel forced into the new ecosystem. We know they got xCloud coming. We'll mm-hmm. talk in that in a second. But it, this is definitely where game makers like Sony and Xbox are taking the generation of gaming. Um, but I feel like the industry as a whole is kind of heading there. Meaning, I don't know, with Nintendo that we're moving quickly in that direction. But Sony and Microsoft seem very focused on the idea of, and even Stadia, right? Play anywhere, be on whatever device, cross-gen play probably in some respects there too. Um, like, let's say maybe someday Stadia supports older PC play and who mm-hmm. knows. But 
I think the good example here that's been on my mind, and it was really good to read this, is I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves lately, and I was like, man, this game is gorgeous, and I really just think they're working on a port, but an upgrade, and who knows, maybe a full-on sequel, Sea of Thieves 2, but like, I'm like, I can't wait. I think this is going to really shine on the next Xbox, uh, Xbox Scarlet. So you look at that scenario, and now that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, wait, maybe they continue to have the content they have. And they poured it over, and like that's such an amazing use case. Could you imagine playing that on your phone on the next Xbox Scarlet? Plus, you just still have your PC version, or I have my PC version. You have Xbox. That's a really cool world to play, and it would be so um, inclusive. But are you absolutely? And I think we, with this new era of live service games really dominating the landscape. It's something that developers should be thinking about and the platform holders should hopefully be supporting. So it's interesting to see that, you know, Phil went out ahead and was just like, we're going to try to make cross-gen play work because we really haven't had that before. Yeah, I'm sure there's something out there that we're, we're missing. But like... In general, just saying it, it is like it's not something you hear boldly offered up because there's a lot at work there. But I think they're that's their ecosystem they're wanting to create. Uh, Barrett and Andrea, anything off the top of your heads on Xbox that you'd love to see cross gen? Sea of Thieves was my pick as the example. Mm. Anything that comes out mm. like old Halos probably is a good Master Chief collection. Well, I mean, that wouldn't for me. I never really got into PvP in Halo, so I wouldn't need that to be right. cross gen play. But is there anything because like we're Right, our eyes light up. Ooh, cross gen. But then, like, well, what's the real examples? Yeah, I would. I would think if we made a well, list, then we you, should. Like, if there you should were be playing ten co-op, right? If you think of it from a co-op perspective, if you were playing like the Halo campaign, and mm-hmm. I was playing on Xbox One, and you were playing on Scarlet, yeah. If we could play co-op together, if that's yeah. truly what they mean, that that's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, I mean that that is what they mean. Anything yeah, that pops I, out I, for you, Barrett? No, not really. I, I think that Halo is probably the best example of not not even just co-op but also uh pvp as well of just that alone would be Mm -hmm. fucking crazy i got a softball one for you just port destiny over get it running at those 60 frames 4k on scarlet but then allow some cross-gen play um although in games like destiny brings up where you run into trouble with stuff like this pvp you mentioned andrea if somebody's playing PvP at 60 frames a second and you're only playing at, say, 30, it brings up some challenges well, that they're the really going to have to address in with these With cross-play with PC at large, right? That, that happens yeah. with console players and PC players now when it comes to competitive cross-play. Um, and that's why they allow console players to opt out of cross-playing with PC. Yeah, because like it is, Thieves offers And I, I just think, back looking at the Division 2 raid, when that launched and watching those raid streams and just, like, how much yeah. better... They were able to control aim. <laughs> um, versus what we were doing on console, and it's like there was there's clearly no comparison there. And so yeah. I'm never going to be a fan of PC cross playing for PvP elements. I think for PVE elements, it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, you get into the mouse and keyboard aspect on top of the hertz and all that. But anyway, the point is they're going to have to contend with that. But the general concept, I think, we're all pretty excited about. Uh, let's move on. They also talked a little bit about the controller, the importance of controller compatibility. Phil said another. Another thing that will be a little bit new for us is the fact that we want to also respect the compatibility of the controllers that you already have. This generation, we came out with the Elite controller. We've done work on the controllers and people have invested in personalized controllers, the things that they love, and we want to make those compatible with the future generations of our console as well. So really, the things that you've bought from us, whether the games or the controllers that you're using, We want to make sure those are future compatible with the highest fidelity version of our console, which at the time will obviously be the one we've just launched. So referring to Scarlet. 
They did such a fantastic job with the design labs for the Xbox One controllers this gen. I have a couple custom controllers at home. And then, you know, I have my purple one. This is what's good on it. And I am really glad to hear that those controllers aren't just going to become like uh, an item I put on my shelf to collect dust. You know, I can actually use that in the next generation. This is something we talked about yesterday when Barrett and I were doing the show and they unveiled those new DualShock 4 colors. Yeah. And, you know, somebody on Twitter had asked, you know, is it doesn't even make sense to buy a new DualShock 4 right now, knowing that PS5 is likely coming next year and you're not going to get that much use out of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a good question. It's all about your personal budget and if you want to spend money on you know, an yeah. additional controller or not. And so that's a, a question you have to decide for yourself, yeah. especially since Sony has not announced if DualShock 4 will be compatible. I think it's fair to assume it won't be because it hasn't been before. And I think what Xbox is doing, as Phil says here, is something they haven't done before, but that they want to, again... You know, let their consumers know that they're valuing their commitment to the brand and they want Mm -hmm. to bring it forward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a chance with Xbox clearly outlining it this early that, you know, Sony, if they weren't planning on it, since they don't usually do it, maybe they will. Mm -hmm. And the reason I also say that is in both cases, we've seen iterations of the controllers. Um, Obviously, the touch, you know, part of the pad on the PlayStation 4 controller was a big, big upgrade, I guess. But like. I wonder how much farther they're really going to take it. So without speculating, but meaning for Xbox, I think we can expect, you know, we see the newer Elite controller. We see mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty similar. And we even see like what Stadia did with their controller. It's pretty much a PlayStation and Xbox controller. It's got a couple like buttons on it that are just for Stadia. But I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. So I don't know how much farther we're really going with that stuff. Uh, Project Scarlet, which is the next Xbox, which doesn't have an official name, comes out holiday 2020 and Hill Infinite is launch title. Remember, talking serious now it's actually a year away unless they delay it on us i don't expect that given how much work and discussion they've put around it um so a little different than scarlet there's also an inter- part of the interview series again check it out at GameSpot. there's a lot of info a lot of good work over there but there's some discussion on the xcloud side of things so phil leveled on the xcloud saying last year we talked about xcloud and then we said we were working on new game consoles but that's all i said we didn't say that a streaming console is in the works I think maybe some people thought that this was the discless one that we just shipped. We are not working on a streaming-only console right now. We are looking at the phone in your pocket as the destination for you to stream, and the console that we have allows you to play the games locally. Um, going, uh, Let's just pause on that one for a second. So, yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about multiple models of the Scarlet, uh, you know, discless, maybe streaming only, or just in general. Um, any new thoughts on this? I think, uh, was Greg excited about us? Maybe a streaming only box or something like that? Yeah, I thought he was. Greg but. has been touting his fandom for a digital only future for a long time now. And we, of course, on this show love to speculate. It's part of what we do. Yeah. I'm kind of funny. And I think that, it, you know, based off all the rumors that we were hearing, it was something that was not that big of a leap to think that with xCloud and what Microsoft is doing, that maybe they're going to offer something similar to what Stadia has. But now Phil is clearly saying, no, that's not going to be the case. However, it, fe- it feels oh. like this, yeah, the Xbox Xbox One Slim, the discless one that they yeah. have, is almost like that, right? Yeah, but- and, so, and that's it. I think there's a small detail in here in what he's saying, right? 
you you pinpointed it, which is something like Google is doing. That's not a high storage device that has a bunch of inputs you're and outputs. You're not downloading and, your games onto Stadia. Yeah, you, it's a streaming only like puck, as they call them sometimes. Your Apple TV puck, your Chromecast, whatever you set next to your TV. Um, I still think there's a chance that Scarlet will support a diskless, you know, digital only. So that, that, that would be a little different. But if you're thinking maybe they'll have this puck well, right now, it doesn't look like they're doing that. Um, that, frankly, would be a lot to be coming out the door at once. Um, and I know there's been discussions, too, of like, well, if xCloud works so well, why can't the new whatever Xbox One S just be the xCloud streaming device for that if you want? I mean, obviously, it's not well, as cheap as... Well, it seems as- like it, you will be able to stream from this device yeah. but also if you want to download your game because maybe you're going on vacation and you are bringing your console with and you're not going to yeah. have access to high speed internet where you're going so you want to download your progress instead yeah. then that seems like something you'll be able to do with the Scarlet which I think is a nice hybrid machine and I think what Phil's really saying here is that they're not trying to make Stadia, they're trying to make an additional destination because they know that you carry your smartphone with you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And so they want to capture some of that time away from from other apps and other things you're doing on your mm-hmm. phone and bring it back into the Xbox ecosystem. And the easiest way for them to do that is just to optimize a streaming service for your mobile device, yeah. whether it be an iPad or an Android phone or mm-hmm. what have you. Perfect segue. Phil says of focusing on the phone. Going back to our transparency, there's a truth that I think is always important for us to talk about with our customers. In xCloud, we are building a convenience capability to allow you to take your Xbox experience with you. Meaning, that's why we focus on the phone and the experience is not the same as running the games on an Xbox One X. I'm not going to say that it's an 8K, 120 hertz thing. That's not what we're doing. We're going to bring the convenience and choice to you on your phone. You can jump into a party, we can voice chat. Everything works the same as it does when I'm sitting with my console, with a community and content perspective, but you're running it from a cloud, which is gonna feel different. Now, there was taken uh, as an uh, excerpt later in the interview. There was also some context around there's gonna be a little lag there. He said, you know, nobody should tell you there's no lag, you know, when they talk about this stuff. So there's some some challenges to get over. But I think the interesting part and why I pulled it was that uh, the phone is clearly the big, focus point like you just said Andrea and like I think we're all thinking about the puck the streaming and mm-hmm. what Stadia is doing which absolutely is relevant but uh, xCloud is very much focused on the phone and I can say having gone to E3 I went to a Stadia demo TV you know 35 inch 40 inch whatever it was with the laptop hooked up that was my Stadia experience and I'm like cool I'm gonna go check this out side by side over at Microsoft and I'm like got into the Microsoft theater and then they pushed me around to the back over by hell. I'm like, cool, cool, big TV. And they're like, oh, phones. And I just got to play it on a tiny little phone. And I was like, oh. And at first, actually, I was a little like bummed because, you know, I'm not using this experience mm-hmm. yet. But it's yeah, clearly the focus. Yeah, I got to play Gears on, uh, on xCloud. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, it, it was what you would expect. It's just like shrunk down. I personally am not... I'm not into that. Like, I don't want to play a game like that that I want to play on a TV on my phone. Yeah. I love that there are mobile games designed for this screen, designed for a touch interface. I don't need a contraption to hold my mm-hmm. phone with the controller. I think that that works in like a very select amount of cases for specific games, mm-hmm. but I already have trouble playing my Switch in the size of that screen. screen. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm getting older and my eyesight's going. But like, I... <laughs> I prefer 
my giant television. That's how I like to play. That's why I'm a console player. I sit mm-hmm. on my couch. I have my 65-inch TV. I've got my controller, and I'm just, like, chilling. That's, like, my preferred gaming setup. And I will play stuff on my phone, like Lego Tower, for example, because it's designed for a phone screen. Yeah. And so, like, I, I appreciate that there are other people who are not me that are are looking for that experience. But I think so many of the games that you're playing on an Xbox aren't designed for a phone screen. They're designed for a television screen and they're designed for a controller input. They're not designed, you know, for these other things. And the idea that you have to bring like a kickstand for your phone or get a special thing to hold, you know, your phone while you're holding your Bluetooth controller. It's just a lot of accoutrement that I don't necessarily see myself using when Mm -hmm. it comes to something like Stadia and playing on the road. I really only see myself doing that with a tablet mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, a big enough screen. No, and yeah. you bring you bring up the important point which is it's kind of what you want to do. I think they're demoing games that prove we can do it, right? We we can do Halo, we can do Gears, we can do a first person shooter because those technically are some of the games that are the most demanding both mm-hmm. in controls and precision and and uh, visuals and everything. But there's games that actually might work really well. Or there's use cases within games where you're like, you know what? I will do that on my phone. And I would ask you that if we know uh, Phil plays Destiny on the road. You're a huge Destiny player, Andrea. Uh, would you play Destiny on your phone occasionally? Could you see a use case to pop in if you're on the road? Yeah. I use remote play all the time for trips to see Zer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So to get some gear. Back when he was only available for like that short window thing. of time. I mean, he hangs around a lot yeah. longer now. But I mean, It was like inventory needs versus. Yeah, exactly. So like that would be something that I would do when I was using remote play. Obviously, the tech for xCloud far surpasses what they're doing with remote play uh, for a variety of reasons. And I absolutely am looking forward to playing Destiny on the road, but on my phone specifically, probably not. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I think there's going to be some use use cases, but more importantly, I think, yeah, there's going to be some types of games that you're like, oh, this is awesome on the phone. I'll just take that with me. Um, Like, actually, maybe I was playing Rebel Galaxy Outlaws. I talked about on Gamescast with y'all and thinking about it, although it is a shooter, uh, it's not... It's not like crazy demanding uh, off the top of my head in terms of like all the mm-hmm. other than aiming and shooting and going and getting inventory and stuff. So like actually games like that could be exciting to be like, oh, it's going to occur to us now on the road and have the ability to hop on a Stadia or hop on xCloud or whatever PlayStation offers and just be like, yeah, I'll hop in for a few, um, which again, until we do it, I think it's hard to, to wrap your mind around. But um, overall with small. you... I, I don't want to play like. Cool. And I have I have the big iPhone and it's still too small. Yeah, like overall with you, I don't want to raid in Division or Destiny on the phone. Like that's not for me. Even a tablet, unless it's running really fluidly at sixty, but um, you know, remains to be seen. Anyway, I'm excited for next gen. That's why I was really wanting to talk about this at the top of the show. Anything else to add on Scarlet or XCloud? Or- no way, man. We got lots more news to get through. Lots of good stuff. I know we went on that one for a big one. Hope y'all uh, We're like. Twenty six X- minutes in. That's I know, right. Barrett. Tell friend to pick up the pace. Let's talk about NPDs. This stuff, the rest of the stuff just rolls off the tongue. NPD numbers are in. Nintendo is sweeping July, but Madden took the crown. This story comes way of games industry biz. Uh, and here's how the story goes. As its hardware continues to dominate the competition in a year waning console cycles, uh, Nintendo has also scored a victory in July with six platform exclusive titles in the top 10 best-selling games for the U.S. The NPD Group also reports that overall game spending in July reached $762 million, only a bit higher than July of last year, thanks to top-selling Madden NFL 
uh, NFL's movement into July, because it's usually in August, I believe, offsetting declines in all other segments. So interesting, July is up over last year, but actually only because Madden showed up instead of in August. So actually, we'll see how August looks about a month from now. Uh, Hardware's decline was 22% year over year. So down 22% in terms of hardware sales to $169 million, with only the Nintendo Switch seeing gains, a trend that has been going on for months now that seems likely to continue through the end of the year as the PS4 and Xbox One wind down their release cycles. The Switch remains the best-selling hardware platform both for the month and year-to-date. Um, any commentary on where we're at with this so far, Andrea? I think, a lot of info. I think this is all like pretty predictable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And something I think to keep in mind is that August numbers, I think, are not going to suffer, most in part because of Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is had its best series debut here in the U.S. And, of course, we still have... Control coming at the end of the month from Remedy, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm excited to start playing. And then um, there's like several other releases that are happening. Monster Hunter's in as September, well. right? It was, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was August last year, but it's in September this year. Um, so yeah, actually the the top ten. I'll just read them real fast, and then maybe we can decide if we want to pull out some more of these stats. Um, so top ten was as follows: Madden NFL 20, followed by Fire Emblem Three Houses. And Super Mario Maker 2 at 3. At number 4 was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Coming in at 5, Minecraft. Coming in at 6, Grand Theft Auto 5. Hanging in there, GTA. Coming in at 7, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Coming in at 8, Mortal Kombat 11. Number 9 was Mario Kart 8. And at number 10, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Man, a lot yeah. of just... Yeah, a lot of like strong, yeah, Nintendo showing in there. It's funny that when I saw Zelda, you know, I was like, wow, what a a powerful system seller and just like a must-have title. Uh, we don't see Super Mario Odyssey up here. Um, we see Mario Kart and Zelda, right? So it's it's kind of interesting to see. I think what people are picking up when when they're finally deciding to get a Switch, right? Yeah, or they got Odyssey when they bought their Switch, since that was a big holiday push when that game originally came out, and maybe they didn't get Zelda because it came out when the Switch yeah. launched. But why summer all this? Like, why play it now all of a sudden? I don't know. You know? Maybe they were doing a discount. The word's out, everybody. Zelda's good. Didn't they release something semi-recently? Mm. Am I misremembering that? What, like DLC or something? Yeah. No. I feel like... They haven't There's done just it. been such an ongoing discussion. Like it's it's everybody's favorite game. It's one of the greatest game. games of all time. It is. So like, why not play it now? It is. There's a, a big debate that's been going on on Twitter. I think because IGN was talking about it, but uh, like, what's the best Zelda? Is Breath of the Wild one of the best games of all time, or is it the best? You know, all the above. So mm-hmm. anyway, back to the NPD stuff. Uh, was there anything else in here that was like must know? Uh, I mean, yeah, software gains brought sales up to a 340 million in July, which was up. year over year. Worth noting. Thanks to Madden again, though. uh, Matt Piscatella, friend of the show, uh, tweeted yesterday uh, that, or maybe it was this morning, we have a couple of titles approaching lifetime records in the fighting game super genre. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is quickly approaching Super Smash Bros. Brawl's spot as the best-selling fighting game of all time. I think that's really fascinating. It is fascinating. Because right now, Brawl is number one. Ultimate is number two. Mortal Kombat X, number three. Original Super Smash Bros., number four. Mortal Kombat 11, number five. Wow. Interesting that MK and Smash are so high up there. It's funny, some of the traditionalist fighting fans will probably 
make some arguments around it. But I mean, meaning when Smash Brothers originally came out, people were quick to deem it not a fighter. And I mean, it is. It's just such a different, unique style. There's really nothing else like it. Uh, so interesting to see that both that and, and MK have dominated. Um, all right. I'd say we move on to the question. Andrew, you want to you bring this question up that you pulled? Sure, Fran. So this comes from our friendly neighborhood nanobiologist. <laughs> hey, Frandria, NPD numbers are out, and what's surprising is the Nintendo Switch seeing gains. Is that surprising? It's not surprising. With the light on the horizon and a new model of the current Switch released without any fanfare, I'm surprised that they are still going up. Wouldn't people be holding off on buying a current model if they knew the Switch Lite, a cheaper version, is coming out next month? Or am I just in a gaming bubble and have no idea what the light is Light is actually not being advertised at all currently to keep the more expensive model sales up. Maybe the Switch, like the 3DS, will always be a hot seller because it's price point and people clamoring to get their hands on one. We'd love to hear what you guys think. I hope you both have a great weekend. You too, nanobiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I so effectively just seen, asking, how yeah, is it still selling when we know I haven't mo- seen a major coming? push for Switch Lite. Um, the thing that you know I expressed my concern about when they announced the... Um, improved version of the original model you know in the all red box was that this was going to happen is that consumers wouldn't know which version to get if they don't have somebody you know explaining to them oh hey by the way nintendo made improvements to the hardware you're going to want to buy the new switch not the original switch yeah i don't want the light anyway because the controllers don't come off um i mean i want a light just because it's pretty and it's cool and i'm at the park i'll be like oh who's that cool kid uh Hey, cool kids. Um, but what, one thing I was going to bring up here is a good way to think about it is, you know, I know what you're getting at, Nano. You're like, yeah, like, doesn't everybody know? Yes, you are in a informed gaming bubble. Most people who are buying this stuff are not nearly as informed as you. And I'm not saying that they're uh, dull or anything around it. Like, people read they, the news. They but just you're don't deep. watch Kind of Funny Games daily, and that's their loss. They should. You should tell them. Um, but the point is... I was going to equate it to something like the iPhone, right? Like it, everything like this has a heartbeat, and that's what you see with NPD numbers. There's a heartbeat. It's not suddenly going to come way down just because there's a new model coming. Um, in fact, you know, it, it until the new model's out, you won't really see the transition start to happen uh, as normally what happens. So yeah, now that it's it's uh, wait, it's in stores now. Yeah. Oh, look no. at this, it's nanobiologist. Still not. What's the date? Uh, Let me double check this. Breaking news. Speaking of uh, the be switch, be careful. Careful of those switch lights. Uh, I'm Nano, checking though. the. I'm checking the. Uh, Switch Lite is uh, September 20th. Oh yeah, I think they, they were referencing. That the, shows how. <laughs> they, they were referencing the. Uh, yeah, the, like, slight update that the regular Switch got. That's now in store. Yes, the new edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that the battery is slightly improved. Is basically yeah. all that it is. And apparently, they change the processor so the battery consumption's better. Is basically. And apparently, there's some differences with the screen. Oh yeah, the screen's but, like uh, slightly different, right? Yeah. All right, Andrew is checking on some breaking news. Do we need to be quiet for this, Andrea? That's Andre. Interesting. So, Andre what the breaking news supposedly is that allegedly Nintendo is upgrading old switches to new ones for free if purchased after July seventeenth of this year. What? Wait, upgrading old switches to new the new version, the new, version. Or the new model, which has some number that I don't remember. Right. So, if you bought a switch on August first for example, and you didn't realize that this new one just came out the it, right now, like this week, I believe it launched, um, kindoffunding.com slash you are wrong. Let me know uh, when the new Switch went on sale. Um, you can reach out to Nintendo and they will refund you and give you the new one. 
Yep. Yeah, I was just uh, trying to search and see if any of this news was breaking it, but there's not too much of it out there. So I mean, this seems like the right thing to do. It's been, what, 30 days, a little more than 30 days um, from the date, so July 17th. You, you, you should be able to trade that in and get a new one. But also, it's like, this is my, this is the thing that was confusing to me when they announced this. Like, obviously, we've seen improvements to hardware every, almost every console cycle, but they need to discount the original model to differentiate it from the new model. Yep. Yeah, I do Not see... Not that they want to. Of course, Nintendo doesn't like to discount anything that yeah. they sell. But I think that that would be the right thing to do. Even if it's a small discount, if it's like... 25 to 50 dollars off to get the older version and then the newer version has the better better battery life yeah yeah so here's what's interesting i'm noticing on GameSpot that they just put something up uh, a while ago but that you can trade in at gamestop so there are offers like this happening yeah it was a deal of the day that we talked oh, about on talked tuesday about yeah so they're doing a trade-in deal if you take your old your current switch and you trade it into gamestop they'll give you i believe 225 dollars worth of credit yep so that allows you to purchase so, the new improved switch for just 75 basically bucks. for 75 that's precisely it the trade-in offer is valid until september 15th according to what gamespot so you got here. about but, a month yeah but so it's similar meaning to kind of what's going on here maybe if nintendo no, officially it's not. i mean it, it's not they're... similar it's, if you bought a brand new switch in the last 30 days then you can trade it in with no cost to you for the newer version this is saying if i brought my launch right. switch into gamestop and traded it in i could then get the brand new switch for 75 additional dollars yeah mm. all i meant by it is that having old switch in you your hands wrong, I know, but what I was getting at is you now see, it seems like coming out of the world, they're trying to address that if you have an old Switch and you want this slight upgrade, how's it going to happen? But obviously, consumer mm-hmm. confusion, if you bought one recently, and you find this at stores in general anyway, sometimes you buy stuff and something goes on sales in two weeks, a lot of places, they'll just honor, they'll be like, yeah, of course, bring it in and we'll just trade it out. So sure. um, not totally surprising if that's happening. But Okay, let's move on to our next story. Uh, Anthem producer. Uh, is leaving. The lead producer is leaving Bioware after eight years. Ben Irving, lead producer on Anthem, announced that he's leaving on Twitter, and here's what he said precisely. After eight amazing years at Bioware, I have made the decision to move on and have accepted an exciting opportunity at another gaming company. Since the first time I played Baldur's Gate many, many years ago, Bioware was the dream place I always wanted to work. I will forever be grateful to all the people who gave me the chance to work on great products with amazing people. I believe Anthem has a bright future. There's a great team working on it, and I look forward to following its progress and playing it from the sidelines. I've really enjoyed interacting with the Anthem community, streams, Twitter, and Reddit uh, through the good times and the tough times. So obviously there's still some folks on the community team that are there that he's pointing you to, um, Jesse and Andrew. But anyway, that was his note that he's basically leaving, and we know that he's been there for about eight, eight years. What do you think this might mean, Andrew? Do you think he just got a sweet new offer? Do you think he got frustrated and left? Do you think... He was being targeted and like, look, we just don't think some of the decisions you made or the way you're doing it is what let. I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's pure speculation. but I mean, I, I would prefer to not speculate on why anybody leaves a job because it could be for a variety of reasons. Maybe yeah. he wants to move to a different city. Yeah, Maybe he could, got a better job offer. Maybe he said, hey, eight years is a long time to be at a single job. Maybe I, I'm looking yeah. to do yeah, something different. Yeah, it could be different. family, partner, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it could be I, any number I, of things. I honestly... I probably would not have put this in the Roper Report um, because we see single devs leaving all the time. But Yes, but 
it's it's got it's a little like, juice in there. Is all yeah. I'm saying, which is. What's the, what's the juice? Just that Anthem has been a big point of discussion. The lead producer, after eight mm-hmm. years, in his own words, is leaving um, You know, the place that I always wanted to work. So, again, like I agree with you, by the way. We can, we can make a mountain out of a molehill here if we want. I'm not intending to do that. You're trying to read between the lines. I'm just trying to get people thinking what do you, about what it. What do you think, Fran? Um... I think that it's probably like half and half. Like I think that um, wherever Anthem was at and if that was still what he's supposed to be working on, that maybe he was getting frustrated. I mean, yeah, now I'm just pure speculation, but <laughs> Anthem has gone through a lot. Uh, we know that not it's not like it's Ben's fault or anything. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of internal decisions and resources that has led to the state that it's in. But they actually just had a pretty good release um, of new content. It's not like a ton. It's free content, Cataclysm. We talked about it on Gamescast. Um but I think that because of that, my guess is he probably was looking around and, and it probably was a rough process for him. And so, again, I'm, I'm making up my part of the story. Like you said, it could, he might be like, guys, I, I heard the show and it's family stuff. You know, that, that might be the story. It could be anything. But I do think potentially is all I'm saying. It could be Anthem had a very troubled launch and a lot of like lots been going on the last six eight months. Yeah, and, I wouldn't, and blame, he might have been I looking wouldn't around. blame anybody on the Bioware team for leaving because of the way that Anthem rolled out right yeah it's been tough that's all i'm saying i'm not even blaming people it's been hard and not not to mention like like the frustration that they must be feeling internally but also the sheer amount of harassment that the bioware team has been getting over anthem would make anybody want to quit that job it was twitter's fault that's why he's leaving he's like he can't handle being added anymore over anthem but um, are you being facetious because people were really nasty i'm not uh, i'm Okay, I'm saying he probably didn't leave just because of Twitter of and harassment, not. but I I was agreeing with you. There's a lot of that going on out there. Yeah. Um, don't uh, harass people. I, I don't want to laugh at people getting harassed on Twitter if that's what you were worried about. Like, absolutely not. I mean, that's like the worst part of the, the internet, and actually it really affects a lot of people. We see people go dark on uh, these platforms, and so it could it could be any number of these mm-hmm. things. But actually, um, you know, we've heard from Ben a lot. He seems like he's been great on the team, and we absolutely wish him best on his next endeavor. I'm excited to hear where he's going. You know, I don't want to imply that I'm like, oh, yeah, well, whatever happened with Anthem, now you're out. I actually, he's been doing this a long time. Anthem... I was more of a defender of it, I would say, right? I gave it a 6.8 out of 10 when I reviewed it before Cataclysm. And I, I like the core of what it is. I think it's still got potential. And, um, you know, Ben's had his hand in that. So can't wait to see what he does next. And hopefully we know more on that. Fran, I feel like we should just speed through this next story because... Ah! Oh, good. <laughs> Aren't you? There, Barrett? Uh, wait, wait, we're wait, getting wait, pretty, wait. We're getting pretty late in the show and we have not gotten to... Anything behind the rubber report. I agree with you. So why don't you take the wheel on this one? Oh, ooh, good ah! one. Good pass. Ah! Uh, <laughs> this is a hot show today. All right. Bring ah, it. <laughs> the final story. Need for Speed Heat won't have loot boxes from Alicia Judge over at IGN. The next game, the Need for Speed series, won't include loot boxes, according to EA Community Ben Walke. Walk. Wait, Walker? Don't know don't how know. to say. Uh, he replied on Reddit saying there are no loot boxes in need for speed, heat, and there won't be. We plan to have post-launch paid DLC in the form of car packs. So I think that is just like the crux of this story that uh, the team came out and said, yo, we're not going to do it. Joey, I'm ready, girl. I am ready. Wow. Did you see Andrea, the orange, did you see the speed through the story, um, and all of a sudden, it's Friday, and it Joey shows up with um, Chandon and a couple giant... Wow, that's how you guys drink your champagne. Well, I mean, those, these are the only glasses we have. It's true. Why don't they have champagne glasses here, Andrea? I've, You've been in a staple. I've donated multiple. Oh, they break It's them. not my fault if they get break. The pla- gotta get the plastic yeah, ones. Yeah, Kevin with the white cloth. No, I don't, <laughs> Come on. I can't have any, man. Come on. 
party. Yeah. Just set down the grapefruit. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so just to cap this story, coming into the reveal of the things we agreed we would detail in the monetization options, no loot boxes, car packs, etc. No scapegoat here. Um, I think after the really botched launch of the loot boxes in the last Need for Speed, this yeah. is the right call. Yep. EA clearly having learned a harsh Ooh, yeah, girl. Her, having learned a harsh lesson, um, we're seeing now that they are swinging in the other direction and saying, you know what, we want to fix it, we want to correct it. Um, I'm personally excited for whatever is coming for Need, to Spe- Need for Speed. I hope that this could be a comeback game yeah, for them. I, I really like Need um, for Speed. I love so. that franchise, and I think that there's some really great games in it, but they've really been misstepping the last with the last couple of entries, and so I'd like to see them get back. I, I enjoyed the trailer they put out earlier this week. It had a very Fast and Furious vibe, and if you look at the gameplay at the back half of that trailer, it looks pretty good. The gameplay looks looks nice, but we have to like see it live in action first. Yep. So, so. Um, so before we move on, I think to the release dates and all that other stuff, why don't we get a little toast up here? You guys, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not gonna open it right now. I just can't, man. I'm I I can't have alcohol at this time in the morning, guys. I'm sorry. How about before we pop our claws? We talk about our fantastic sponsors for this episode since we are well, 50 minutes in. That's what I was thinking. If you guys want to cheers, our claws. Okay, we're gonna wait to do it after that. That sounds good. Yeah, just trying to like keep a semblance. <laughs> Of business before we go completely off the rails. Because I'm gotcha. ready. I didn't I'm know br- you were going to go off the rails. I brought these supplies to go off the rails, so All I'm right. ready. Then let, let's take this brief moment to thank our sponsors, and we'll come back to release dates and cheers and much after that. Our first sponsor is Quip. If you don't know by now, Quip is the easiest way to ease back into a routine. Start it up before September especially if you're headed back to school. Simplify the morning and evenings now with a simpler electric toothbrush from Quip. Timed sonic vibrations cover the basics over every part of your mouth and just take two minutes twice a day. The mirror mount puts brushing front and center in your bathroom, so you'll remember to bookend the day using your new toothbrush. And the lightweight, compact design means you can bring it along with you on those last summer weekend getaways. So enjoy sleeping in and then ease back into the swing of things with a smile. Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and to help you to clean your mouth evenly. Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't even... Don't clean evenly. 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective. Guilty as charged. I've done that before. Quip heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. Kind of funny, loves Quip. We know Greg uses it. He's got it on the road with him right now. Tim uses it, got it on the road with him right now. He's out there cleaning evenly. And even Joey Noel uses it, and it's helping us all be better at brushing. Andrew's looking at me. Still good? Yeah, we're good. Uh, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games, that's getquip.com slash games, G-A-M-E-S, you can get your first refill pack for free. So head over there and get your first refill pack for free. 
Our next sponsor is Experian. You know the better your credit score, the easier it is to get the stuff that you want or the less you have to pay. So the question is, why is it so hard to raise your score? Now, it won't be thanks to Experian. They've launched Experian Boost, a brand new way to instantly increase your credit score for free. A higher credit score can help you establish and get access to credit preferred rates for the things you want and need in life. Experian is on a mission to help boost America's credit score, which will help millions of people across the country build and get better access to credit. People all across America have already raised their credit scores with Experian Boost, and you should too. For the first time ever, paying your utilities and cell phone can instantly improve your credit score. Experian Boost works by giving you credit for your bills you're already paying through your bank, like water, gas, electric, cable, and cell phone. It used to take months to see your credit score rise a point or two. With Boost, you can increase your credit scores instantly. Boost is free to use and only available from Experian. Up until now, you've been paying your utility and cell phone bills and not getting any credit for it. Now you can. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I like credit, I always recommend to people like Early on in life, you often don't think about this stuff, and now Experian Boost is, you know, making it even easier. But everything from like going to Best Buy and getting that sweet new TV you want—I mean, these are—it's more than just like buying the car and the house that you want in the long term, right? So, yeah, uh, rental applications for apartments, all kinds of things. As someone who's going through the mortgage process right now, like you have to build your credit for many, many years to get a lender interested in you to lend you money to buy something like a yeah. house. And that, so taking these little steps, like what Experian Boost offers, is something I wish was available to me when I was younger. So I could have started this path exactly much earlier and not had to jump through all the hoops I did to have to get my credit to where it yes. is today. So, so things have changed, and we can't believe that it's taken this long for somebody to do it. So what are you waiting for? Experian Boost can potentially help you establish or increase your access to credit, boost your FICO score instantly for free. Boost is only available on Experian dot com slash kf games that's experian.com slash kf games e x p e r i a n and then k f g a m e s all right now it's time to cheers and pop the tops well you already Woo! popped the top kevin already popped his top what pop your claws Do I, if i don't drink it all is that a problem oh, oh okay i see i hate the waste Wait, I, I, wait, I, wait, I have no nails. I can't get mine open. Do you want me to help you? Yeah, wait, I want to pop it. God oh. dang it, Kevin. Oh. You said I just needed a little oh. nudge, man. Yay. Cheers, everybody. Yay. What are we celebrating? Claws out. It's Friday. It's Friday. Fuck yeah. It's Friday. <laughs> Kevin, we had a clean show until you had to drop an F-bomb. You get one, one sip in you. Listen. I know that's not a thing here. Kind of funny is never a clean show. I know. Let's just, let's just the get The F that doesn't straight. stand for funny. <laughs> All right, let's get on and Out go back. today, to, Fran. Yeah, wait, wait, we got to go. Uh, but wait, Xbox. Real, real quick, real quick. God dang, this show is just, just burn it. <laughs> you think, burn you, it you now that I'm back. You were going to open that up, drink a little bit, and then we were going to give you shit because you didn't finish it? No, I just hate wasting stuff. I don't really care what you think of me. Oh, well, then don't waste it then. <laughs> wow. You know I mean? Don't real waste talk. it. Nice try. <laughs> Love you all. It's a happy Friday here at Kind of Funny. I didn't know. It's like I think it's the weather and just like 
It, it's it the end of summer, we Fran. Yeah, we we, gotta, we gotta milk every last drop out we of should. this summer. The weather is beautiful here, although it is hot, and also we haven't gone into what uh, I call the Q4 crush, mm-hmm. but it's going to be crazy once you roll into PAX and Gamescom's uh, next week, like starting middle of the week. There's a lot coming, a lot of big games, so at that point, um, we won't drink on Fridays. We'll drink every day. Yeah. So that's how that'll work. All right. But, but Xbox Scarlet is so far away. If I wanted to know what is coming to mom and grop shops, Andrea, where would I look? Why, Fran, you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. I don't know. I don't know the jingle, but I thought that was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was bad. fun. All right, so out today, not a ton. This is the shortest list I think I've ever seen on the show. Three games. Uh, Aratana and the Twin Mass on Xbox One. Grandia HD Collection is coming to Nintendo Switch. And Escape from Earth is headed to PC. We've got one new date. You want to give me that one, Andrea? Yeah, CI Games announced that Sniper Ghost Warrior contracts will be available everywhere with a global release date of November 22nd, 2019 for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Gotcha. Uh, so I think the deal of the day was like look into this Nintendo trade-in stuff still. It's Nintendo mm. Switch trade-in stuff. But um, if there's any other deals of the day that we find before the end of the show, Andrea, let me know. We were talking about it earlier. I didn't know if we sorted anything out. So the thing uh, I would like to start here with Fran, if you, that's reader okay. Reader mail? Yes, if that's okay with let's you. Let's go. Let's get into reader mail, is everybody. from BJ well, wait, Bernardo. Before, before we start with him, though, I yes. just want to do remind people, you can write in. See, she knows that everybody already knows this, but I do want to remind new new listeners, or if you haven't done it yet, would love to see your stuff in there. In fact, there's always a lot of opportunity to get your stuff read on uh, on reader mail. So head over to patreon.com slash games. Of course, again, you can get the show ad free, but you can also like get your uh, your reader mail in there. Oh boy, if this is your first episode, what a doozy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a great time to t- jump in, you know? Not right. our best work, but maybe some, some of our most fun work. I think it, it could be. Frandria is always awesome. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Andrew. Um, all right, so BJ writes in and says, since you're announcing your kind of funny end date, which I'll do right after this. What? With all that free time not hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily, can you talk about what you will do in L.A.? Will you look for a job like KFGD, a part-time hosting, or are you looking for something more full-time? Or whatever, you're not concerned because you're Andrea Renee, bitch! Keep yeah. gold glitter falling Andrea from the ceiling. Andrea effing Renee. Gold glitter falling from the ceiling. <laughs> Good luck and we'll miss you until we decide as a community that you're dead to us, <laughs> BJ. Um, wow, what's your response to that? So... First, yesterday on the show with Barrett, I said I would announce my final show. My final show will be Wednesday, September 11th. Uh, okay. Yeah, so after, yeah. it's about a week after PAX-ish? Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm moving um, the next day, and then I'm going to set up the new What's Good studio down in Los Angeles. But I'm planning to come back, uh, of course, and guest whenever, you know, you guys if will let have me. You back, or I'll you just know? force my way onto the set, let's yeah, be honest. let's be honest. Um, and so that's going to be my final show, and I'm going to be hosting uh, KFGD that all three days, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I believe Gary and I are doing a show that week. Yeah, I have to uh, double that, check I've, the schedule with Greg. I think it's that Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. I think we've swapped so that yeah. Greg and I are on the last episode. doing the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the final date. Um, so now you guys have it. I'll be back around for like another three to four weeks. So. 26 days we have left with Andrea, yeah. which is, uh, it sounds like a lot when you put it in those terms. So we've still got plenty of time. Uh, let's enjoy and savor the time that we have left with Andrea. That's, Aww. that's really why we're drinking. We're going to miss you, Andrea. Uh, now I'm going to give friend. you the cheers and definitely take a sip. Yeah. 
Never cheers someone if you don't know and uh, don't take a sip or look back at them. Like that's that's the European way and bad just luck. like the polite way. Well, right? if you yeah, want to do the, if you want to do the true European way, you got to like hit your uh, your glass on the, on the table, table right? First, oh, you do and a little. Then you drink. I don't know what countries that's in though. I wonder. Uh, Germ- Germany. You've been with us in Germany. Is that whatever. really the German thing though? I, that we do Planet it every time we've gone to Germany. It feels Russian or like. So what I want to. Um, answer your question here, BJ. What I'm going yeah, what to are you do in do LA. Down there, Andrew? So I'm having some conversations with some folks. I'm kind of weighing my options. I mean, my primary objective once I get there is to make sure the What's Good Studio gets set up, um, and then once that you know project is done, I'll be able to you know start looking for more work. But if you guys watch What's Good Games, which by the way we've got a brand new episode out this morning, you probably have heard me talk about What's Good Wine and what. I've been noodling on this for quite Uh-oh. some time. And Careful I think now. now that I'm going to be going to Los Angeles, I am going to have a little bit more free time. I think now is the time for me to mm. set those plans for what's good Maybe wine get into some motion. some wine merch, some wine brand. That would be amazing. I think yeah. you would, Andrea knows her wine. She knows her champagne, that's for sure. Uh, but I'd love to see something like that. But also, you know, I think it's worth clarifying, like, because someone said it to me on Twitter today too. I was like, I just put up my tired SpongeBob gif, which I so often do. I was just tired. And someone's like, what? You work at Kind of Funny Games. Party all day. And I was like, by the way, yesterday I was at uh, Nemco Bandai. They did a rad stream with the Double Fine team, but I actually just ran the production for that. That's my other side or main hustle, really. Um, so in other words, you don't just do Kind of Funny. No. Like you have what's good is one of your main things. You also get hired and go all over the globe. They call me the busiest lady in the business for a That's reason, right. Fran. And it's not just here and so meaning you're already doing a bunch of stuff um, but LA opens up more opportunity and so I think that that's what I hear out of that is you're already doing the stuff you usually do we won't see you on the show as much here true but love to have you back and, and that goes for me too right I'm just a freelancer I, I, you know I work for Barrett so that's just how it works <laughs> <laughs> why would you a year ago we that? were both at IGN Fran and now the tables have turned that's right for those who, who don't know that through many managers I hired Barrett uh, but Barrett uh, used to work for me, and now I work for him. That's just how the world goes. You well, never know. Well, I, you, the I worked for <laughs> Destin, who worked for you. So yeah, I mean, uh, the, but st- meaning we, I interviewed you when you came in, and you no, did you didn't. work for me. I never interviewed you. No, that's actually rare. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I had only yeah. one interview, and it was Destin Legary, Mark Medina, and Pat Coughlin. Wow, and the, that was terrifying. Terrifying because you know <laughs> Destin and Pat Coughlin. Stone cold faces. Yeah, and so I thought I had totally fucked up that. Man, interview. I'm surprised I didn't interview. That's yeah. actually a great failure on my part. Like you were being the one, Destin had it handled, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried. But I, but that was like me doing part time stuff. Yeah. So you were the one who told me I was uh, being brought on to full time though. Yeah, which happened, yeah, yeah. Which happened into the back one room. one year ago today. I saw. Wow! Yeah. Holy cow! You I were full time at IGN Euro, and now here you are today. And anyway, now I'm your boss. <laughs> point is, for the new listeners and those you don't know, Andrew and I are freelancers, but uh, we're also part of the kind of funny family. And the family is bigger than the company. And the best friends are ultimately the best friends. That's bigger than everything. So, Fran, no one's your boss. That's oh, you know I mean? really, Kevin? Yeah. All right, I like that. Andrew, no one's your boss. Wow, the liquor's I'm really getting in. So much. Oh, I know. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna miss you, you too, so Kevin. Fran, you, Fran, if you ever fucking leave me, I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to God, Francis, don't leave me. All Fran right, Michael's not cool. We're running a little over. Our next show today <laughs> is as long as you want. You doing screencast today? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin is up next pages here on <laughs> screencast with a white claw in hand. You're gonna want to stick around for it, but we should kind so of finish about you, things up. How about you just pick one more question and then we'll call it. 
Okay, we're going to do one more, and then we got to get out of here so Kevin can talk Don't about Don't ever feel rushed by us. What's the biggest topic on Screencast today? Uh, a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon might be one of the best movies Ooh. this year. The PBF. All right, we're going to talk the about that. The Peanut Wait. Butter Falcon. With yeah. Shia LaBeouf? With Shia LaBeouf. Oh, okay. Mr. LaBeouf, as Nick likes to say. Interesting. <laughs> um, you talking I about feel... that Wheel of Time news? You talking about that Wheel of Time casting news? No, some nerd shit right there. Exactly. I want to wait till the trailer comes oh. out. I don't want to like like same thing with uh, there's one other. Save it for screencast. Yeah, we still got to. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Dune because like I don't want to like people be like oh they always talk about Dune when we have it something solid to talk about. I know casting seems important. But it's not <laughs> what casting the lead, casting, so casting the leads is kind about. of important. But uh, that's once, all right. once you never know until you see them. Yeah. Obviously, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Let's finish things up here. We still got to go through a little bit of kind of funny. You're wrong. We got to do squat up, and we're gonna do one Drink more question more here. It's Friday. It's oh, you want a little sippy sip? There it is. There it is. Yeah, let it in your blood. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was gross. That That's was an a gross ASMR for you guys. I know. <laughs> no, Some wasn't. people just threw. I'm no. sorry. If you just put your headphones back on, I'm really sorry. That was not that. <laughs> He's not sorry. I'm a fan of ASMR, and just sometimes. It's it's the bad that's stuff. A, that sounded did like the, someone peeing. Did you <laughs> did you see those Apple ads? By the way, no. Oh my god, a different topic. I don't want to get. I if if, if y'all don't know, if you ever want to just like break me down, is no, please don't do this here. Bring in cardboard and the styrofoam. And first of all, cardboard scraping on cardboard, styrofoam in a box. I literally can't open the box or pull the stuff out of the box. My like my really? I just like go like limp. I'm like yeah. I had friend once who so had weird. that thing with cotton balls. She couldn't pull cotton balls apart. What? It doesn't even make a like noise. She, like, like if she touched them and she pulled, like she so like, couldn't she couldn't handle it. But anyway, just that sound. But uh, if you haven't checked it out, Apple put up some long form ASMR and it's like scraping wood with like the, um, the, the metal shaver, but like oh, it's awful. And whatever, it is a great viral campaign. If you want your ears to just melt off, then go listen to that. <laughs> All right, since it's Friday, since it's Frandria, I actually want to take this Destiny question. Do Andrea, it, because, do it. I mean, do when do we ever it. talk about Destiny coming in? We, from, we talked about it yesterday. <laughs> that's the joke. David Scott is asking, <laughs> what's good, Frandria? As somebody who hasn't touched Destiny since the launch week of Destiny 1. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys what the biggest changes and improvements have been over the years. I really want to get back into it, especially with cross saves coming. Uh, yeah, that's actually August 21st, I believe, so right around the corner. Um, so he really wants to get back into it with cross saves coming, uh, but he needs some convincing. How would we um, sales pitch him on Destiny 2 in its current state to somebody who's fallen off the wagon? Andrew, what would you say? I would say if you're looking for a way to connect with a community and have a place to play with people that enrich your life, then you should look at Destiny as a potential platform for that. To me, Destiny isn't about the gameplay, even though I keep going back because the gameplay is so good yeah. and what Bungie has created entices me to want to play over and over again. But I keep playing Destiny because of the What's Good Guardians and because of the people that I play with every week because those moments of camaraderie brighten my week and make my life better. Yep. Yeah, the Friend Game is Strong is an amazing community of players. Um, so absolutely well said there. What I would comment on more on you know the gameplay side is that you mentioned playing Destiny on the launch week. And I just can't stress to you how much how the game is, has yeah. changed. And I'm sure part of you feels like the game has gotten away from you. But part of it is I don't want to go back to whatever that grind was. It, it, they, they admitted, you know, that is like, it's just so 
point one. It's not even 1.0. It's like point one at where the game is today. There's a lot of just floating around empty environments. Everything is so filled with things to do and things to chase. So if it just think of it in terms of like a number. Yeah. Like if it's, if it was like, uh, there was only 10 things to do in, in destiny one launch week, there's like thousands of things to do now. It, so it's a huge difference. And a lot of it's tons of fun. There's been a ton of evolution cool looking gear it's just honestly there's so much to do that um it's overwhelming and that's a really nice place to be it is i i think about my pursuits tab where all my quests are stored and i've had two of my three pages filled since destiny 2 launched and since forsaken came out as well like there's just so many different types of quests that you can chase if you want to or don't like there's some exotic quests for example for specific types of gear that I'm just like you know what I'm not really interested in that gear so I'm not going to chase it but it's there if you want to and what I really also love about what Bungie has done with the lore and Destiny is they've kind of like trickled these breadcrumbs around the world mm -hmm. in a really enticing way and incentivize the community to work together to solve some of these mysteries and these puzzles and to really create a fandom around the lore of the the world and the universe that is destiny and i'm super excited for what they're bringing for shadow keep i mean not gonna lie my gut reaction when we were going back to the moon was oh man the moon we've already oh, been I'm there excited. i want to go somewhere new um but that being said the more i've played and the more i've kind of dug back into the lore because i do have the the grimoire book that i'm like you know what there's definitely a lot of stuff that they've teased about the moon that we never discovered and never got to learn about so i'm uh, i'm yeah, excited it's quite for a more. bit larger a lot of new stuff um yeah. and yeah to end on this by saying look Play, first of all, hop in and play the free version. Wait until September, uh, sorry, October 1st when it comes out. So wait until New Light comes out. You can hop in and do that for free. If you're, if you're a little worried, just give it a taste. But what I would recommend you do actually is pick up the Forsaken pack, whatever it is at that time. You'll have to buy it in addition to the free version. Just give Forsaken a try. And honestly, that was the turning point lately in Destiny 2 in particular. Now, you missed a bunch in Destiny 1, but... That alone, really nice production value, really cool, this dreaming city, a lot to do, um, but that would lead you right into Shadowkeep really quickly. And, and remember, you can compartmentalize, you can jump straight into Shadowkeep if you want. So I would, I would recommend checking that out. All right, so also in Destiny 2 is a squad up coming in from Juan Malvis. I don't think we did this one yet, hopefully not. It wasn't on yesterday, right? Nope. Uh, so Juan Malvis, uh, so the way you spell this, this is on Battle.net, Juan, uh, J-U-A-N, then Malves is M-A-L-V-A-E-S. We'll put it in, what, the description, Barrett, or comments? Well, I, I think they're, from what I see, I think their screen name is the Inferno Player. Inferno oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Player. And actually, Juan, you know what? You might want to, here, Juan, if you're out there listening, you should leave a comment because it looks like you're missing the number, and Battle.net normally has a number attached. Mm -hmm. So the player mm -hmm. name, though, just in case this works and you can search for it, and there's only one, is Inferno Player, but that's I N. F-R-N-O, I-N-F-R-N-O underscore player. Um, but again, Juan, if you're out there, leave, it, leave a mention in the comments, and uh, there's usually a number attached to that. So he just said he's been uh, getting back into Destiny 2 for the last two months, hit 750 about two weeks ago, and is looking to do the legendary quests. So that's for the Whisper, Exotic, and uh, Drifter stuff. So there you go. All right, on to your wrong, and then we got to wrap things up because we got screencasts around the corner with Kevin and team. Um, Andrew, have you had a chance to poke in here yet? 
No. And you're wrong. You're yes, wrong. I'm literally oh, in there that's right what I was now. Say. Otherwise, going through uh, some things. Um, so the first one would be we had asked when did the new Nintendo Switch revision come out, and it appears that there's not a firm release date that it started rolling out mid August. And several of you, Lord of Porn, <laughs> Lord of Porn. That's L- not what I meant of, to say. Lord of Pwn. Lord of Pwn. Let's face it. Lord of Pwn is the Lord of Pwn, too. <laughs> the, and the nanobiologist and Ill Girl okay. Chill all wrote in about that. Um, but they say that it came out last week in some cases. So, yeah, sorry. Like, it was, it was weird. It like, it started popping up at like game uh, GameStops. Sounds and like then, they're like, just starting to ship it because it's... Amazon it, released it like the next day. Yeah, it's a replacement like, SKU. Yeah. So I think it's just rolling into stores, but it has started to roll out. We know yeah, that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we missed some new dates. Uh, well, but it's not August 20th, so nanobiologist. Um, that's not a new date. That, that, uh, that release date for RAD has been announced. Yeah. And I'm going to be talking about it on um, yeah. What's Good Games next week. I just did the live stream again for them uh, yesterday with uh, Rocco from Mega64. And nice. The, the Double Fine lead producer and uh, some directors, artists were down there. It's, it was a cool stream. Check it out on their um, Twitch Bandai Namco channel. And a couple of you wrote in as a deal of the day that the PlayStation Classic is currently just $20 on Amazon. $20 too much over my rate. Wow. <laughs> wow. Barrett with the hot day. Barrett not a fan of Ill Girl um, Let pick. me see here. I'm, I'm, I pulled up my Amazon account i'm trying to see playstation classic i see one for 50 dollars. is this a wario 64 affiliate link i don't see one for 20 dollars. Hmm. i need proof send me a link well um, it came up twice so i believe it i don't i literally just searched for it on amazon and couldn't find it <laughs> can't find it all right well so yeah, I'm not seeing a Wario 64. I think that's it. Um, Everything that's else it. is a yeah. lot of just like updated comments. Uh, and stuff. Uh, uh, so I've got, I do have a link for the PlayStation Classic. Oh, you do? Yeah, from so, Wario 64. From, okay. So make sure you guys go over to at Wario 64 on Twitter. We always want to give him credit where credit is due. He does use affiliate links. Those help him. So mm-hmm. please, if you are going to take advantage of this deal, click on his link in his Twitter feed. That is the business. All right, so we got to wrap up the show next Monday, though. And Barrett, I don't know if you have more to add to this, but we are going to be looking at the live Stadia Connect that is happening. I believe it's coming out of Germany, right? Yep. Um, so that's at 9.30 to 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. No, it's at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, so more Stadia Connect news. And uh, it's going to be me and Barrett with Greg and Tim. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, so we, uh, I added it into the thing. So Monday, live Stadia Connect reacts with you and me at 10 a.m., uh, Greg and Tim are going to be kind of uh, touching down around gotcha. that so time. hopefully the post show. So they will be joining us for the Gamescom Live uh, Reacts uh, segment after the Stadia Reacts. Jeez, no one invited me to come to any of oh, these Oh, they're things. just on. Thanks, guys. I thought we were family. We just talked about it. You well, you're leaving over. us, Andrea, okay? Yeah. And then should, after the over. Gamescom Live yeah. Reacts, there will be a Games Daily with Greg and Tim afterwards. Uh, so, so, so Monday's a little weird because we're doing uh, live reacts to things and then games daily. So there won't be any live We Have Cool Friends, but We Have Cool Friends will be live on YouTube.com slash kind of funny Monday morning at some point. Oh, well, there, so there you go. go. Thank you. It's going to be a big day on Monday, yep. I guess. Yep. Also, if you haven't checked out. Oh, Kevin ran in. Kevin, we okay, buddy? White Claw Monday morning? No. Fuck no, we're finishing it today. (laughs) (laughs) Save it for your show that's coming. All right, uh, if you haven't, um, if you well, if you're not a Patreon, you can't check out our Gamescast yet, but that will be out on Monday as well. But Andrea, myself, Tim, Greg, what we talk about? Borderlands Three, the the redacted. 
the embargoed game is like fine now. What was that? Uh, Astral Chain. Astral Chain. Tim talked about that. So you can tune in and uh, hear more about that. But you, you got to play Borderlands. I played Rebel Galaxy All. It was a really good show. So yeah, be sure to check that a, out. It's a fun one, this episode of the Gamescast. So yeah. if you want to view it early, patreon.com slash games. Yep. Otherwise, head over to youtube.com slash games on Monday. I uh, think super early in the morning is when it goes up. So I don't think I missed anything. Andrew, I hope we get a Frandria in before you take off. If not, like we said, I know we we'll just do one should, after, but we'll right, make it happen. Right, I think. I'm sure. We'll, I mean, we have 26 days left, which is plenty of time. So yeah. we're going to miss you, but I'm not saying goodbyes yet because, like I said, it's almost no. a month away. It's true. But, uh, it's been a pleasure as always, best friends, and a pleasure. Andrea, thanks for joining Frandria Friday, and we'll catch you all very soon.